We're in. We are. <laughs> the name of this show is Inherently Human. And I'm Aiden DeBorden. My name's Jim Newman. We were, uh, we've been off for a little bit. It's been... It was a holiday, <laughs> for one thing. It was Thanksgiving leading into finals week for Portland State. Well, yes. And so... There's a whole lot of things that happened between then and now, and I got sick, and Jim had surgery. Yeah, and, kind of surgery. Yeah. And so it's, uh, but we're back. We're healthy-ish, you know. Yeah, but there was an avalanche of experience for both of us, and I yeah. guess we're, like, feeling a little bit overwhelmed by the number of things that occurred in just, what, two weeks? I don't two know, weeks, something like that. Uh, what day uh, is somewhere <laughs> people it's don't the care. Thirteenth of December. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're glad you're here, and yes. I'm glad to be talking to you. I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. How have you, you know? been? How are how are things in Moderate, the life of Jim? Well, you know, I had this issue with my leg because uh, after experiencing shingles about four or five years ago, which is a very painful disease to have. The pain in my leg never really went away, mm. but lately, for reasons that I don't understand, maybe because I've been continually active and even more so trying to do my favorite hikes oh, yeah, yeah, up yeah. in the Cascade foothills and everything, the pain got worse. <laughs> so I went to Oregon Health Sciences University. They have a very weird treatment where they take a patch of some sort of foam, I guess. It's a matrix, and in that matrix, they inject the molecules that are distilled from chili peppers, which means it's extraordinarily hot uh-huh. pepper stuff. Uh, I don't know. How would you... What is it? Phrase that. Capricin is the name? It's capsaicin. Capsaicin. Good for you. You actually know that. I don't know why you know that. Yes, capsaicin (laughs) is the distillate from the chili peppers, Mm -hmm. and it is just mega hot. So hot that when they put this patch on your skin, they got to use fentanyl to knock you out, which... As you may know, fentanyl is the um, anesthetic of choice these days. Oh, is it? Yes. (laughs) And they turned it on when everything's got really bad. They just turned it up really nice, nurse. I liked her a lot. Mm. But she never knocked me out fully. Nonetheless, I got through the procedure, went home with hope in my heart. That you'd be able to walk a little bit more normal. Yeah, without that searing, and it is searing pain, but doesn't seem to have worked. Would you go in for another one? Maybe it needs like a second. Yeah, that's what I thought. I actually called him yesterday. Yeah. And I said, what about you just double down and really give me a second treatment right away? But, you know, I think, I was just thinking about it, actually, walking here to the library to meet you, (laughs) that maybe they don't know enough about how the procedure works to even take the risk of doing it again. Of messing with your nervous system. Yeah. What if it really ramps up the pain instead of doing something to tamp it down? They may not know that. The the whole process of this seems pretty archaic. 
Well, primitive. Yeah. Because modern medicine, one thing they can't really deal with is, I'm going to use a word, I don't really know what it means, but uh, vestibular nervous system. I think it's the (laughs) part of you that can tell where you are in time and space. It's the way you maintain your balance in part. The cues that get sent from various parts of your brain to other parts so that you understand how you're operating in the real general world. space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because the nervous system is so primary a part of that, and if they don't fully understand it, mm-hmm. I don't think they want to mess with it that much. Throw too many chilies at it. Yeah, yeah, because, dude, what if I ended up lying, you know, heaven forbid, lying in bed for the rest of my life? (laughs) (laughs) With a really hot leg. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but enough about me. Enough about my horror story. You suffered a cold and you still got through your classes, right? Oh, so that's actually, it's kind of a funny story with that. So good. Finals week starts. Um, it was Monday, two weeks ago about, mm-hmm. and it was that Monday that I woke up that morning and I could feel the sore throat, and all I could think was, God damn it, right <laughs> now, huh? This is when this is going to happen? Yeah, yeah, it has to happen now. And so... And there's no negotiation. None. It's going to happen, and I have no choice in the matter. And so... Woke up that morning, went through my day, and I could feel myself progressively getting worse throughout the day, which was pretty rough. Still did a final, nailed it. Um, you, at least I think I did. I haven't really checked my grades. I don't. I don't like to do that. Um, uh, but they're somewhere <laughs> on the internet waiting yep. for you now. I'm. I'm waiting for. Oh God. The final grades are posted, and yes. that's all I need to know. All right. Is how I ended up overall. Sure. But. The next day, I still had to take another final. I had to type a... So the first day, I typed a 1,500-word essay. Mm -hmm. And then the second day, I typed another 1,500-word essay. Um, Excuse me. And I could feel myself getting sicker. And so I, I told myself, if I don't do this now, my terrible, sick, fog brain... Is going uh, to take the test. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, you had to jump in it was, right then. It was now or never. Oh man! <laughs> and so that was pretty stressful. But that was my only other final that I had to do. So I cranked it out. I'm coughing and wheezing and just typing away, trying to finish this. And I submitted it, and then I think I passed out. And then for the rest of that week, I was incapacitated. I was not about to go anywhere. I didn't want to do anything. I was out. What do you do? Do you sit in front of the television and maybe have a hot pad or a little juice and watch Prices Right? (laughs) All that classic day. Oh, God, that's what I used to do. (laughs) Well, all the game shows, man. As you know, millennials don't. uh, don't Uh, Yeah, that's why I'm asking. I'm actually asking because I don't know what you guys do. So, uh, funnily enough, I don't own a TV. Congratulations. I'm in awe. I, I used to have one. And I would play video games on it. That was okay. the only reason I had a TV. Yeah, yeah. But I stopped playing. 
console games that required a TV. Oh, in other words, you want to play on your phone now or something? On my laptop. Oh, you're okay, yeah, of course, yeah. yes. And so, I had a TV in my apartment for a year, and I didn't turn it on once. So, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I think that's worthy of being applauded by everyone you. listening. <laughs> so I I sold that TV and it's now where my cat eats Just, and or does whatever. everything. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm effectively using the space now. But so what I did was a couple years ago I bought a game called Fallout New Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um and it's a, a game about uh, post-apocalyptic survival. All right. Yeah. Zombies kind of thing? No. no. no so no. nuclear fallout right. and then like how humanity has derived from pre-fallout. Is that like a single player? I, mm-hmm. That's the only phrase I know. Yes, it is. It's, it's a, a single player <laughs> game. Okay. Oh, this is going to be fun. Um so yes, it is a single player game, um, but it's extravagantly long. <laughs> and so well, it served your purposes this time anyway. Absolutely. So I would wake up in the morning and admittedly I'd smoke. Um, I'd smoke a little bit just so, you know, I wasn't too bored. And ah, okay, sure. <laughs> I'd curl up on the couch next to the heater, take out my laptop, and just play that game for Hours because I had they, nothing better to do. Yeah, they just whiz by then. I mean, you look at the clock and it's like, whoa! Actually, it's three in the afternoon. Now. <laughs> I'd wake up at ten ish, uh, eat breakfast, and then start playing. And then, sure enough, oh, I'm getting pretty hungry. I, I've probably been playing a couple hours, and it's six o'clock. Oh no, <laughs> that's a lost day. Yeah, it's. Well, I didn't have anything better to do. Anyways. No, but I wonder, does that give you vertigo? I mean, when time slip, and I, it's happened to me, and I don't remember why, maybe because I was on some kind of drug last <laughs> Christmas Eve, I yeah. got really sick, and this medical doctor, who is the brother of a good friend of mine, said I should take Theraflu and um, three fingers of bourbon at the same time. <laughs> This was Christmas Eve. <laughs> How long ago uh, was this? This was last Christmas. Somehow, I don't know what doctor you're going to. <laughs> well, he's not my doctor. He's actually a radiologist, and I'm sure he's a good one. But I'm not convinced that that particular uh, therapy was a very good one in my case. And it was weird because I had a nice day. Mm-hmm. I went to visit my friends in California and then at about 8.30 on Christmas Eve, I said to everybody, and I don't know how I knew it, but I said, I am sick. And I was like, out of it, in bed for days and mm-hmm. days. And I guess from that experience, what I infer from losing time like that is it can be frightening, but it wasn't for you, you say? Well, I guess because that day I didn't have anything else to do regardless so it's not necessarily a wasted day when there was nothing to do at all to begin with yeah i'm not really talking about the waste of time or anything not that or just the the, the way you you know we all kind of have a sense of the experience of mm -hmm. time yeah you could more or less 
guess what it takes internally in your head to have the experience of an hour going by or something, and then suddenly all of that condenses into right. some other kind of experience that, I don't know, it's just unusual. I, and I think in my experience, at least during this, was I was so intensely focused on something. On the game. Yeah. That yeah, yeah. time didn't matter. Oh, okay. And there were, I had, in the game, <laughs> I wish I could say this about my, my reality life, but I had so many goals and objectives and I knew exactly what I needed to do and how to do it and where I needed to go. And the game is huge. And so the, the space that you walk around is so expands. It, it's multiple, this massive, massive multiple, expanse. Multiple landscapes. I mean, mm-hmm. do you have cities that are in ruins? Oh, and yeah. And you have meadows and you have well, mountains with craggy fall-offs or, yep. you know, vistas There's that go on forever. Hills and deserts and well, cities and yeah. all these. And it's huge and you have to discover places, but you have to walk there. There is no other form of travel other than walking. And so you spend hours at a time walking from point A to point B. Yeah, I've never done anything like that. I'm just that's interesting <laughs> to me. But the weird part about it was that it's, and I don't know how they did it, but it's captivating. Well, yeah. I mean, that's art, though, don't you think? Mm-hmm. That's creativity. If somebody can capture your mind and place it on their creation, mm-hmm. that's artistry. But the the weird part about it is that there wasn't really anything there. Because in the game, you're walking around a desert. Yeah. The the Mojave Desert. And there's, you know, from here to here, you might you might run into one or two things, but... Maybe a lizard, a cow skull. Yeah, just something you need to kill real quick, but... and Something it, you need to kill real quick. Oh, yeah. It, <laughs> everything so is hostile. menace. Everywhere you look, there's menace, there's marauders. What are they, monsters or something? So, I don't know how fascinated people are by this game. but um, Yeah, right, we don't need to go into the weeds, I guess. But Essentially, it's all the mutated creatures from the radiation, yeah, because yeah. it's a fallout. Um, there's these monsters, specifically called Death Claws. And if you run into one of those, then just turn off the game. You're not because they're you, gonna take you out. Yeah, you have no you have no chances at all. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Unless you have been playing the game for so long that your character that you've built is just so immensely powerful that they can just take it out. But otherwise, you're you're doomed. So don't even bother. But um. So walking around this wasteland, and it truly is a wasteland, and all you're doing is go to this person and talk to them. Then go to this person and talk to them. And they could be friendly, guiding you through to the goal, whatever Mm -hmm. the goal is. And see, and that could lead us into our next little conversation, is that this game has taught me a lot about myself and my own morality. Uh, you gotta <laughs> unpack yeah, that, I, I figured I would. So, the the way that this game is structured 
is that there are multiple paths that you can take. Right. Depending on the actions and uh, conversations that you have. And what's the name of the game again? Fallout New Vegas. Okay. Um, it's in a series of Fallout games. All right. There's, I think, six or seven of them. Mm-hmm. One recently just came out, um, a brand new Fallout game that everybody hates. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> apparently it was terrible. Anyways... <laughs> Um, my experience with this game is that there's two, uh, rival factions. Mm-hmm. There's Caesar's Legion, which is a Roman-esque tribe of a bunch of, like, barbarian-esque people. Right. Um, and then there's the New California Republic, which is essentially old U.S. Okay. Is either one of them the good guys? That depends on your world your morality, your own morality. Yeah, because <laughs> you have an option to choose who you want to help and who you want to hurt. All right. And so throughout this entire game, through the actions that you have and the things that you do, you can either benefit the NCRs, which they're, what they're called, the New California Republic or Caesar's Legion depending on whose views that you find more appealing to your own self. Right. And then uh, you kind of figure out a way. um, You think about who you want to help. But then you're given the option to say no to both of them and then rule upon your own. Just be your own man. Mm -hmm. Mm. However, (laughs) that does involve annihilating both sides. Oh, well. Sure. But let's pull wide here. Yeah. You were talking about morality, and you said that you'd learned something. Here mm-hmm. you are in real life. You're yeah. sick. Maybe you're a little high, right? Not right now, fortunately. Not right now, Not but right I mean, now. while you're lying on while, the couch, yeah, while I'm, I'm doing trying this. to paint a word mm-hmm. picture of you are in your apartment feeling unwell. You're and I'm pretty stony. a little stoned or a lot, whatever, but you're very... <laughs> In to the game, and you oh, yeah. are making choices. Would you say almost as though they're real or not? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, because I'm so intergrained into the story of the game yes. and what I'm trying to do and my objectives, right. um, I'm currently on my second playthrough of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I beat it while I was sick, and so I'm playing it again just differently. Okay. The first time, my focus was. How, if I were in this world, how would I want to do things? And so there's different skills that you can level up, and depending on what skill you are, you can do different things. My primary skill was speech, because I thought if I were in this world, the, the thing that I want to do is not lead by warfare or violence, which is what the NCR and Caesar's Legion are doing, yeah. but rather by... Um, Informing people in some cogent way of your yeah, philosophy or something? Kind of. It's I didn't want... I wanted to solve things peacefully. Yeah. Because there's all these people who are like, you need to go do this and kill this guy. Right. But I had the right amount of skill to talk out of it, and so no one had to suffer. You mean the game is somehow 
that responsive mm -hmm. that it can change according to the words you say? So you aren't typing anything out or saying anything to it. It gives you uh, oh, chat choices. options. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you can either say this terrible thing to them. You can either say, like, help them uh, out. You right. can, depending and, on your skills and what you want to do and how you want to play the game. Right. And so this first one, I wanted diplomacy. Diplomacy. Yes, yeah, okay. Sure. Diplomacy. Where I wanted to solve things without resorting to violence. Mm -hmm. Um and I managed to do that and it felt really good to yeah, do that. That's nice. To, that's a great accomplishment because I keep thinking that you are not well. You are Lying alone in your apartment, but you found, a, and it isn't the price is right. You found a way I to found enjoy my own, yourself. Yeah. That actually sounds sort of nourishing to you as a mm -hmm. person, in it, a way. It gave me something to do for a long time, and yes. then also kind of reflect deeper into who I am. I love that, man. Which is, I don't know if Bethesda and Obsidian were the, the companies that created this game. Okay. Um... And so I don't know if it was their intention for me as the player to go through this and think about it like this, but that's certainly how it happened to me. And so this first run through I tried with straight diplomacy, just talking to everyone, trying to be as peaceful as possible, um, not trying to be with the NCR, not trying to be with Caesar's Legion. Yeah. Keeping your own counsel in mm -hmm. a way. Yeah, I'm only, I'm here to help, but I have my own objectives. Right. And it got to a point where I was given an opportunity to control an army of robots. Mm-hmm. An entire army of them to myself. Because some other guy had a plan, but I killed him and <laughs> because he tried to kill me. Right. And self-defense. So it was self-defense. Yep, that's exactly what it was. And so... He's out of the win he's out of the picture and I now have control of it. There's the guy who created the robot army and I took him out so I could take over his robot army. Right. And that's when it gave me the option it, it essentially gave me three options. Four, kind of. Either I could do nothing with it and I just continue on my own. Maybe you could sell them off as scrap or something. Possibly. Um, I could send them to Caesar's Legion and destroy Caesar's Legion with them. Mm -hmm. I could put them to the NCR to support Caesar's Legion, or I could set them off on both factions and pretty much rule this area on my own. And that's what I did. I decided that I wanted all the power, and so I... Devastated. I absolutely oh, devastated both factions so I could get the power. But the thing is, is that in the end, when it first started happening, I was like, fuck, I didn't want to kill everyone. Yeah, you were seduced by power. Mm hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. That's pretty heavy, really. Isn't it? Yeah. And so. Eventually, like, obviously at this point, no turning back. And so I just went through with it and I decided, you know what? I can't do anything about it. They're both going to get slaughtered 
and I'm going to rule this land as I see fit. Right, but you know, in part, you were not served well, it seems, by the structure of the game, because one could imagine an option where you could put the robots to work uh, serving the community or plowing the, <laughs> the land and yeah, uh, making it grow again or something. There's a lot of things that you, you didn't we have could that do. We didn't have the option to no, do No, you that. had to kill. I, I had to kill. You had to kill. Yeah. Um, because it pretty much turned it into an option of us or them. Yeah, but would you say that you actually, you weren't given a lot of choices, so do you really think it, uh, I mean, that was like a pretty fascist thing to do, kill everybody, right, because you had the power, right? I, yeah, it, <laughs> but, it what was presented to me. I know, that's what I'm saying. They didn't like me anymore, so, so. I don't know if uh, that really gave you moral choice. You, you think it did? So, and it also has to do... Uh, with because I was helping the guy who made the robot army, yeah, Caesar's Legion and NCR stopped liking me, <laughs> and so, so they would try to kill me on sight. Oh man, that's just not fair. It's not <laughs> right. Exactly. And after all the help that I'd done to both of them, you'd been a prince, and now all of a sudden they hate me. Yeah. And so it turned into one of those things where it's like. I tried to help you, and now you've turned completely against me. So, you know what? I have this power, so you're going to get obliterated. Right. And so, I'm curious to know, if you were... I know you haven't played the I would love to see you play this game. That's um, interesting, yeah. <laughs> but if you were given the option of, you know, the four options that I was given... Throughout this entire game, right, if you were uh, acting as your own, mm -hmm. if you were given the option to help the New California Republic, which their goal is to essentially bring back old world... Values, mm -hmm, somehow. That kind okay, of thing. sure. Caesar's Legion, which is kind of a religious culty kind of thing. Is it authoritarian in some way? It's it's dictatorial. Okay, sure. Yeah, with I get they pronounce his name as Kaiser in the game, but okay. it's spelled Caesar. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they follow for they in the game. It's say they say that they only follow the man, but not the ideals, because the ideals are pretty shitty. That's which oh, is why I was never with them. That's strange. <laughs> Well, on its face. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, you've helped these people, you've helped these people, and your origins is that you were nothing more than a courier. You're a messenger in the wrong place at the wrong time, and then you got wrapped up in all of this. But you're the only person who has been able to solve these problems. In other words, when you turn on the game... Uh, at least in this one case where you were playing it, that was the role you were assigned mm -hmm. to be the courier. I was essentially powerless. Mm -hmm. But then I you have to grow some power somehow. It, yeah, exactly. Through your wits, through your choice of language, through how you play the game, who you decide to spare, and who you decide to talk to. I think we forgot to mention at the beginning of the show. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> the fact is, Aiden here is 52, 
years younger than me. <laughs> You're gonna say I was 52 years. No, I'm, man. You know, I'm 20. I'm 72. So mm-hmm. I'm so I'm a, a millennial there. in this, which is why I am so passionate about this game and and why I remember the Price is Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, if you were someone who came from nothing yeah. and was someone attempted to murder you, you were you were. Someone tried to murder you and just leave you for dead because of what you were carrying. Mm-hmm. And you survive, and then you go through this wasteland, this fallout nuclear wasteland, helping this faction, being indicted into this faction, helping these people, killing these people, fighting, and trying to create diplomacy between these uh, these tribes of people mm-hmm. who have crawled out of these nuclear fallout vaults and created the land. And they're deadly. These are like very... monstrous horror animals. They're they're just people. Oh, that's the other thing. Okay, but they've been distorted in a way. Like it depends on who you're talking to. Oh, oh, yeah. oh okay. So in other words, these aren't the claw men. Mm-mm. Okay. So uh, these these aren't distorted. Radiated oh, monsters. Me, they could easily yeah. see them on the street, say hi, waiting for the bus. Mm-hmm. You don't. That's exactly what it looks. is. Okay. Because, and that's why I'm able to play this game and think like, what would I do? Yeah. Because I created my character to look semi like me. Right. Um. And so, and they're all just people. Mm-hmm. And so these are people in a situation in a time in human history where things are just a little bit fucked up. And it's it kind of shows how humans could possibly develop out of an apocalypse. Yeah. And all the different factions that people will create out of the survivors of the wasteland. Okay. And did you have a question for me? I did. That? Yeah. So if you were the courier... Uh-huh. If you were this person who was killed or attempted to be killed for their package that they were carrying, you go through this entire quest, um, this act of revenge, almost. Um, because you've been wronged. I mm-hmm. mean, demonstrably, you've been wronged a lot. Exactly. People trying to kill you all the time. The whole... The start of the game, the motivation is finding the guy who killed you, Mm -hmm. or tried to. And so, and that just leads you to all these different things. And you can actually side with the guy who tried to kill you. You can team up with him. And there'd be a reason, I guess, well, you want to win the game. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on what you want to do. So you make alliances that are effective for the moment. Maybe you plan to kill him later, but he's helping you now. Exactly. I see. And so you've gone through all of this trouble. You've gone, you've fought your way through radiated wastelands. You've killed uh, raiders and tribes of... Uh, they're called fiends, which oh, are just these. Oh, not just the claw people. There's a bunch of these oh, drug-riddled, yeah. aggressive, trash. Drooling, tr- yep. like monstrous, Dis- humanoid, yeah. icky things. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they try to fight you. They're super mutants and all these different kinds of things. You've fought through everything, and now you have the choice 
do you fight for this republic um, who will bring back these old world values? Do you fight for the for Caesar's legion? Do you fight for the religious uh, prophecies of this man? Or do you say no to both of them and go upon your own path regardless of the consequences? Or do you just say no to it all and step away? Oh. <laughs> it's a small room. He's just at the wall. He's demonstrating. <laughs> yeah. I talking with my hands. It's it's talking. very it's intense. Yeah. So if you were thrown into this situation, yeah. what's your choice? Well, I guess and I apologize for this, but I am gonna have to reject the premise on his face. Oh. For one reason, and that is that the options seem way too simple to me. Like, where I am in my life right now, Mm -hmm. and I look at the choices that I make, and some of them could really help me, it's like I still lack enough information to understand the true complexity of the world that would, perhaps that understanding, allow me to readily perceive a pathway to my success. But there are so many things coming to me. It does seem that that game is a metaphor, but simplified for real life. Where the choices just aren't, do you kill everyone, or do you become (laughs) their buddy? No, no, there's all kinds of internal choices Mm -hmm. about how I react to myself how I adjust internally so that I can more properly perceive the world as it is. Is that clear or is that just words to you? So you're lacking the information, the con- the contextual information to make a decision and how that relates to your life. Right and, now. and how I'm going to go through that life. In other right. words... Uh, one thing that I wanted to talk about at some point was mentorship. Okay. Where, in this case, I've hired a couple of different mentors mm-hmm. to guide me mm-hmm. through certain things. One is that I would like to do more acting. Right. And I would like to um, maybe, they would be small parts. I mean, I'm 72 after all. <laughs> but... Uh, to be in movies of a certain sort, maybe yeah. get known, uh, have the sense of security in myself to go to auditions and mm-hmm. perform well, to understand the material well enough to really bring it whenever nail the I character. have to do yeah. a monologue. Yeah, yeah. nailing it. Um, there are all kinds of politics, there's all kinds of choices of who you bring into mm-hmm. your world to aid you. Yeah. Okay? So that's one thing. That's the acting. But I have a number of websites, one for voiceover work I have, another one for paintings I've done. But I don't know how to use social media. So I found out about this coach, and I called her up, and we had this long conversation, and what she kind of said to me mm-hmm. is, now, well, here's how you use social media. No, she said, you know, you are real insecure, and you've been insecure since you were a child, and what you're doing is hiding, and so 
<laughs> I can help you. Okay. But I'm going to help you not by telling you how to go online and market yourself. I'm going to help you by having you look at behaviors that are invisible to you. And Jim, you probably think that these behaviors uh, are somehow forced on you from outside in the real world. But they're not. It's the way you think. Yeah. And your fear of personal exposure. And then she asked me about my childhood. And I said, yes, one time I was really involved in a very creative procedure. I was doing animation. And my dad called me. And I didn't hear him. I was upstairs in the bedroom doing this stuff with yeah. a little eight millimeter camera and I had a little cartoon bug. I was having it move around. And so I came downstairs. He was angry that I hadn't responded, uh, to, him. responded to him. So he took his knuckles and just whacked me across the face at that exact moment. And that's a really traumatic thing. You can mm -hmm. imagine. Well, it's not hard to connect the dots and see that that kind of experience would make me wary of showing my creativity, right? Okay. So what that does is create a labyrinth, mm -hmm. a confusing, I don't know, kaleidoscope of apparent choices I could make to try to get to my goals. Okay. But... Because there very well could have... Um, <clears throat> you could have gone into more animations had that not well, happened. Well, I don't know. I, you know, I mean, what, but, but whatever is true about the past right, right now, it's like, whoa, you get to make decisions... Now, mm -hmm. and see, one of the really, really great rewards uh, of being my age, mm -hmm. and, and I think it applies even to this pain in my leg that I've got now, is that the world is still filled with discovery. I okay, mean, yeah. ways that you can understand and see things differently, mm -hmm. and they bring joy to you. Well, out, of, out, of, out of thin air, seemingly that I had no idea would happen. And and it's and it seems to be the reward of making the right choices. Like for you, in your game, you won because you actually had a balance of you know, understanding of some way that you could not get yourself killed but succeed. Yeah. Right? And yeah, that's cool, but I think I'm doing that same, and you are too, whether you know it right. or not, yeah. in your real life. So my question coming out of this is, the game has an end, yeah. and it has a very distinct, congratulations, credits roll. Yeah, right. So in life right now, you, you're making this seem like um, there's an end game, almost. There's a way to win. There's the choices that you make that will eventually lead to you winning. Mm -hmm. But what does that mean? What does that mean to you? Especially in your experience, you've had a lot of times where you've probably lost, a lot of times where you've won, 
But where's the end game? Where are the credits? Where do they roll? Um, and how do you know that you've won? Well, see, I mean, the other factor here, and it doesn't take a genius to understand that anybody can wink out at any time. And, uh, you know, I'm having this conversation with you at my <laughs> age 72, yeah. but in fact, my dad died at the age of 69, so he wouldn't be here talking to you. So everybody gets pulled Mm-hmm. Sometime at some point or another. So all I think I'm really doing is maximizing my time on Earth okay. to discover pleasurable experiences, something that I enjoy that's creative, and you know because of my value system, productive for other people as well. Right. That is an amorphous goal. If it even is a goal, it's experience. I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm really. I feel like I'm opting for a uh, pleasurable experience. And right. there are certain ways that I can experience pleasure. Uh, we're uh, at 41, 41 minutes, yeah. so we're okay. I'd just like to tell you a story. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Um, I was notified that there was an audition earlier okay. this week. Yeah. Where all you had to do is provide a monologue and then... Um, you might get into this excellent situation where people, you don't have to memorize the lines for this particular performance. No, it's called a table read. And what you do is you sit at a music stand with a microphone, there's an audience there, and there are other actors at other music stands, and they're reading the play. Well, it's really fun. I attended one once. It's a thing. You know, yeah. it's like people go and pay to see this. There was an audition for this, and it was for um, a rewrite of Ibsen's The Doll's House. That's a really classic play from the 19th century, okay? So, okay. wow. So, I send in my headshot and my resume, and I say, oh, I, I get a return email that says all the uh, places have been filled. Well, that was a real downer in part because um, the email specifically said that they were looking for actors between the ages of 30 and 55. And You're a little bit out of that range. I was out of there. I said, well, then how did they know that I'm that much older? Uh, it later turned out that, you know, they hired friends. It really had nothing oh, yeah. to do with my age, but I thought it did. You and just didn't know the right people. I didn't know the right people, but I was like really bugged because I had this idea about how I was going to read my monologue. And it was kind of like a level of discovery because it's a Neil Simon play and it's a sergeant and you can read it real comically. Mm-hmm. But it's quite a dark monologue that this sergeant, you know utters in the play. So um, I was really upset that I didn't get a chance to perform it. So I called up one of my acting teachers who has a salon on Wednesday nights where actors can come in and they can do whatever. They can do their monologue. So I went down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like us. We go, I went because I had to do, I had to try. I I needed to know. You you put effort into this oh, yes. and it has to come out it did that's how it <laughs> felt i'm 
mean, it's like, whoa, I gotta know <laughs> if I'm right. Yeah. So I went down there and I said, I just want to do this monologue. I explained why. And I nailed it. I mean, the teacher said, I got nothing for you. You did it perfect. That's amazing. I know. I know. And you see, well, it's like, it's that kind of discovery. Out of nowhere, it went from, oh my God, you know, they selected me out, could be because I'm too old. Right. You know, so that's another, like, nail in the coffin. It's mm-hmm. like, you're getting shut down anyway, Jim. You know, you might as well just acknowledge that failure is around the corner for you. That, or... Going down there and having these guys, they gave me high fives and it was like, yeah. Standing ovations. Oh, it was and great. And it was just a couple of people mm-hmm. that were down there, but they didn't know what to expect. Right. But I changed their mood by reciting language that I did not write about a character. I've never seen the movie. I don't know how they perform it. But, oh, and the, the crowning glory of this was the instructor liked it so much. He said, you know, there's an audition this Friday. hey He says, what about if you'll just do that monologue one more time, I'm going to put it on video for you, and you can submit it instead of going to the audition on Friday. So he photographed it. Again, I got high fives. It was yeah. Like, yeah. Killed it again. Oh, yes. And then he sent me the video, and I submitted it. So now we'll see. Yeah, and by the way, when I watched it, yeah, it's like, oh, that's just Jim G. You look really tired, Jim. <laughs> you know, and when I started talking, it wasn't me anymore. It was this character. That's incredible. Yeah. That takes talent. It was cool. I recently was... We are running out of time, but I do want to let you know this, that I was recently telling someone about um, that little clip that you did when you're in the suit and you're Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, that movie, yeah. Mm-hmm, and I was talking to them, and I was like, if anybody is going to play death, it's got to be Jim. <laughs> it, it, you would, you, ah, your voice and how you just portrayed the character, the silver fox hair and just... The, the experience that you just portray physically yeah, is yeah. perfect for the character. And it comes from, and, the, and this is part of, again, the, the, the matrix and the discovery and like the pathways that one has to learn for oneself is like, how do you take words on a page mm-hmm. and identify with them and then have the courage to reveal that part, in my case of myself, that really relates to that language in a way that is so truthful that the audience just stands there with their mouth open because they can't believe you did that. Jeez, I... takes talent to do that. I mean, you can write as much as you want, but it uh, definitely depends on how you're saying it. Yeah. And so I. Yeah, exactly. I congratulate you on that entirely mm-hmm. on how you're saying it. It really does. But, well, that left us yeah. where? <laughs> that <laughs> left us at 47 minutes and about 40 seconds, yeah, which we're, is we're obligated to wrap her up. Yeah, right? I, mean, I, I think sure. so contractually. Um, yeah. 
Uh, (laughs) Yeah, all mm, really getting up on us. Got to get that ad space. But um, this has been a spectacular uh, comeback from... Yeah, man. It was really a long time since episode 13. Yeah. This being 14. This being 14. But... I'm Aiden DeBoard. Jim Newman. And this has been Inherently Human. Thank you for joining us again. Um, And we'll see you for episode 15. Yeah, really appreciate your time. (laughs) Thanks for coming in.